cannot think of a better way for us to get back into interview season on why do we ever meet than than our guest. Uh, if I list everything he's done and is doing, that'll eat up most of our time. I'll just say it really quickly on the Might of Princes, Gracer, Spotlights, and now Light Tower, and the return of Wreckage Records. His name is on all of this. Please welcome Chris Enriquez to Why Do We Ever Meet? What's up, Chris? Wes, thanks for having me. I appreciate those kind words, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I uh, I think that I, there's been this, this cool thing, and I mean, you're a part of it, where our world of music, punk and hardcore and post-hardcore and emo, has kind of like has had this uprising again where all of a sudden like it's a real good time to be in bands and put out records and 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 to see labels fire back up and you're you know i mean two of them you're involved in light tower light tower is on iodine you're a you're a, a part of wreckage records returning so man what like how are you feeling right now about all of this my uh i mean I've been uh, very busy, but uh, it's all self-inflicted. So if I ever complain <laughs> about it, I know that uh, there's only one person to blame, and uh, you're talking to him. But um, but I I, I do uh, uh, feel that um, it's a great time for the music that you and I uh, probably share in common. You know, mm-hmm. uh, all all those labels sort of apply to the same thing. You know, it's all uh, post hardcore, whatever you know, whatever you want to call it. But it's 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 music that we came up on that. Uh, I don't think any of us thought was going to have this sort of uh, big return. And I feel great about it only in the sense that it's not something that I really need to think too hard about when I am uh, making it, you know, or, yeah. or, or talking about it. You know, a lot of times genres that get trendy and, and people that follow trends uh, are always trying to be something that they're not in this uh, case. It's kind of like uh, putting on a pair of pants, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, Oh, everyone likes this stuff. I, well, that works for me. You know, right. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I noticed too. Like when I look at the bands that you've been a part of, and and I mean this is in the highest as the highest compliment I can give it. All of them have a heaviness to them, and almost like I don't want to say a darkness, but there is a darkness to them. But you also have this undercurrent of hope, and all of the music you're a part of, and. I, like, where does that come from for you? Where, what, where does all of that stem? From? Is, if, if I'm off, tell me I'm off. But. No, well, first of all, I, I'm smiling because I'm not even, uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm a yes man. But I, I, what you just said actually, I think is how I described uh, Light Tower, which is the band that I front now, and 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 so like I can only really speak to that in terms mm-hmm. of being the one that creates everything. Um, but in the other bands I'm in, I think that uh, they do have that sort of shared. Uh, you know, it's not a coincidence to me because I, I think I uh, find myself involved in things that have that vibe. I, I grew up on metal. Um, first and foremost, that was the sort of music I got into. And mm-hmm. and as happy, go lucky and goofy as I can be, you know, I am somebody that I think, um, for one thing, you know, grew up getting into a lot of fights and a lot of trouble because I was in a town where wearing a Slayer shirt was a huge problem, uh, you know, okay. just walking down the street. So right then and there, uh, uh, music was immediately a reactionary thing to yeah. me. Um, and 
not as opposed to just you know picking up an instrument, making some sounds. It was uh, it was it was definitely uh, about rebellion. And then I think uh, you know naturally, I'm sure you and many people listening uh, that are fans of these sort of subgenres have heard before. You you kind of uh, gravitate towards different types of stuff. You get older, and uh, I think that uh, songwriting, as you kind of uh, get more skilled with it you're going to expand and try different things but ultimately for me i think that darkness comes from sort of what brought me into music in the first place it was kind of a healing uh uh thing for me to go home from school or even later on in my 20s uh having uh had dealt with some drug uh, uh um, and substance abuse and things of that nature that like music kind of always was uh, this sort of healing thing for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is a darkness and a angry uh, aspect to it, but the hopefulness I think is probably because uh, of the uh, fact that, you know, this is something that uh, to me, at least, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of exercising uh, your demons, but also trying to find some sort of uh, hope in, in, at the same time, you know, right. um, and that's the expression that I've, you know, it sounds cheesy probably, but that's kind of just me being totally a, uh, wearing my heart on my sleeve, you know, that's kind of what music has been for me as far as creating it, you know, mm-hmm. listening to different types of music is, is a different conversation. But I think when I participate in any band that usually ends up being something where that's an underlying theme is everything you said, some sort of darkness yeah. or heaviness or, 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 uh, whatever, you know, it's, you know, I, I don't have too many happy songs. I don't think in my, in the catalog that I've, that I've been a part of. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think like there, there's this, there's this running theme where um, a lot of the guests I've had on have had kind of a similar background where they got into metal or something. And then there's a point where punk rock and hardcore sort of intersect into that. So where, where did that sort of, where did that intersect for you where metal is your first love and then, oh, what's this stuff? This is, you know, this is urgent and youthful sounding. What what was the yeah. stuff that sort of, where did that start for you? And who, what bands? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much like, I mean, I think it was a part of being uh, born in, in, in 1980 because I was exposed to uh, rock music when it was still on the radio. Yes. Um, you know, we were uh, be driving around and Z100 was playing Guns N' Roses and later on Metallica, mm-hmm. uh, pretty black album. So I was uh, exposed to it through mainstream, really, at the end of the day. I mean, Headbangers Ball uh, was on MTV at the time. Yep. So, you know, <laughs> it was like if you were watching that, you would see Slayer, but you would also probably see Exodus and Testament and and even darker stuff. So I I got into it because... I grew up in a predominantly Irish Catholic town on Long Island, New York called Manhasset. And, um, you know, I didn't really feel so much the burn of being a minority, even though that was the case. It was more that I think I wasn't into the things that the other kids were into, like sports and, you know, kind of for, I'm sure many people can relate to that. And I was just uh, always kind of a troubled kid because people were always finding something to to uh to say to me uh usually negative and 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 so i found myself getting into a lot of fights uh as early as i can remember i mean it sounds silly now but i think i was getting into fights even when i was like four uh you know i remember yeah i mean it was a weird uh especially back then because it, everything now is so exposed and there's this woke uh you know i love i, I love that people are 
uh, woke now, as they say, but they certainly were not back then. And so, you know, in my town, if you were just not, you know, in the, in, if you weren't into sports or if you weren't in some kind of club in my town, that was uh part of like the majority, um, you were pretty much outcast. And so I would always, uh, end up being angry and music, the, the kind of music that, that made me feel good was angry music. So yes. <laughs> I just found it immediately. And, and I was listening to, uh, lots of guns and roses and, and, and skid row. And that was the first bands I saw. And then from there, same here, man. <laughs> oh, nice. I mean, yeah. I'm sure we're the same age. Probably. We are the same age. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was born um, in 79. So yeah. Okay. We're just at the cost. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, and then from there it was like injustice for all. And then I went backwards because it was black album didn't come out yet. So, yeah. um, so it was like, that, that was the start of it. And then my sister was dating skateboarders. Um, she was about eight years older than me. And I mm-hmm. basically like, would see the patches on their back yep. like suicidal <laughs> tendencies and yep. homemade fugazi patches and uh you know the cramps and so i did uh my due diligence i mean there's no internet but i i remember going immediately to the uh sections in the record store to yeah. find those records so i got uh you know bad brains live fugazi repeater and and um the cramps bad music for bad people i think that's what's called. and then uh, yeah i think that's what that one's called yeah yeah, yeah, and suicidal uh, tendencies join the army. Those were some of the first records I yeah. got from from going to metal and to punk. Yeah, I yeah. I have a similar like I same Guns N' Roses, Skid Row, um, Metallica. Like it, I was a huge Anthrax fan because I love singers. Too. Huge yeah. Anthrax fan, and like and then I got into like Nirvana, REM, Dinosaur Junior, the Lemonheads, that sort of stuff. Uh, but I had a, the same thing. Like, I remember like seeing, uh, look like looking at some rock magazine and seeing Eddie Vedder wearing a minor threat shirt. Oh, wow. Was, look at that. Yeah. yeah I remember it, he used to do that a lot. Yeah. And it was the one where he, it's just a picture where Ian's sitting on the steps and I w- with his head down, I was like, what is that? So I went and bought the disc. Uh, same thing. I bought the minor threat discography. I bought, uh, I think, uh, I can't remember which SETI Diet of Nothing was the first Fugazi record I oh, bought. Wow. Yeah. And then I bought um I bought Husker Du. I think I bought New Day Rising. And that's amazing. Same thing, same thing you did of just like it's over after that. Like yeah, I mean I, like, we're 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 so lucky because we had those sort of uh touch points because even yeah. though we weren't necessarily around to see the mm-hmm. bands live we had enough information somehow to know that that was something that we wanted to go out and find yeah. and the, the wide variety of stuff mm-hmm. and none and to, of that sounds like each other. Right. Yeah. And to, and to chase it too. Like it, it, it is a, like you can do that now, but it's in a, like the chase was a lot different then. Like it was for us, for our generation, we were reading liner notes of CDs and, and records and yep. Yeah. You read the bands they thank, and then you're like, "Absolutely, <laughs> I got to go find these records." Or yeah, or, yeah, and then suddenly the, you have COC and, and yes, yeah, and, and, and you know, I got Technocracy by COC was like my first exposure. So then when they went doom metal, I was like kind of already uh, uh, out of it because I was like, "Well, I, now I'm into like you said REM and yeah, and, and yep. Junior, and so like there's that sort of path there's different paths and i guess we ended up on that same road i guess to some degree yeah so you so you're growing you grew up on long island 
and Long Island, yeah. And Long Island is, I mean, still to this day is an iconic place for hardcore and punk. Like <laughs> the Long Island hardcore is is a is a defining thing in, in underground music. And you found yourself like in in on the might of on the might of princes, like you found yourself in a band that literally shook everything up like made all these bands go, Oh fuck. (laughs) And did you guys feel it or was it just like, we're just doing what we're doing or did you feel like we we did? We felt it at the time. And one of the reasons why I don't try to downplay that is because I think, um, you know, we were kind of, uh, it's two things. We did feel it, uh, because of the, the bands around us, who would who were later on not even later on but like who who quickly became uh very popular and 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 the fact that they were um you know taking back sunday for example right um, you know we took them on their first tour and before that they were opening up for us regularly through different lineups and yeah um you know not not to not to like flatter ourselves and say that they um you know, ripped us off, but I do have, uh, recollections of like, uh, talking about guitar tunings and, 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 and hearing, uh, ideas for, you know, demos and, uh, switching up of like vocal styles. And those are things yeah. that I can remember. And, and I, and, 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 and the reaction that we got, you know, was, was very much like, it seemed like other bands one, one second sounded a certain way, and then saw us and then next thing you know you'd see them two months later yeah and 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 their their whole vibe was like kind of like uh almost like you know i i feel like whatever whatever beef mike Patton had with with uh with anthony kiedis you know it's kind <laughs> of like well that kind of thing was happening yeah. um but we I, I it was just a weird thing because i i also don't think that when we were doing it, we weren't contrived and we were not, uh, we certainly were not aiming to be a huge band. And so when everyone was sort of taking things from us that, um, that I think we may have possibly introduced some of, of that to the scene on Long Island and then saw how, how, how huge it became. Right. um, it, It, it really, made it more apparent to us like wow okay but we we still were not really ever able to bring ourselves to to do that sort of thing mm-hmm. because we 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 didn't know how to because whatever we were doing was not um with that in mind yeah yeah sense. and it was yeah. and that record does it like it, that album has something to it where um and I, I think we're talking about the same. We're both talking about where you are. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And there's something with that album that feels like it feels very urgent, but it definitely feels like this was in this is in the moment. That record lives in it in the moment and doesn't. There's no pretense to those songs. Those are you. I still can put that record on now and go. Mm, those dudes definitely were like dialed into who they were. And like in that moment, those songs represented exactly who you guys were, or at least it feels that way. Like the pure emotion. You, you are definitely, everything you're saying is, is amazing because um, it's spot on. Like 
it's hard to capture recapture something like that because it's so spontaneous and yeah um, and not really very thought out i mean those are if anything lots of happy accidents um and spontaneous uh sort of things happening on that record in fact you know i i i I feel like I listen to that record now and, and it's, it's almost kind of weird because it's it's like a different person, you know, those are are a bunch of kids uh, with a lot of angst and, and a lot of problems and, and and whatever those problems were, were very real to those kids that made that record that to me, looking at it now seems kind of silly, but I remember everything felt very intense at the time. That was what we all kind of had in common. We were all very intense in our own way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I uh, a while ago I uh, played a record that I made uh, one of the bands I was in like early two thousands f- for my I, one of my kids and I was so I stopped and listened and I and it's the same thing it's like man those guys that made that were super like your twenties are just this like you're broke and there's just a veil of depression over everything you do. Even the highs and lows, there's just this vague sadness over your twenties because everything like you're an adult, but everything is fucked up and you're broke. And, and I, like, I, I feel the same thing of like, man, what a different human being that was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would, you would like to hope, you know, if you're, if you're still that same person today. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other problem. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so funny to think about, like, you know, I think that's probably how all bands probably see themselves for the most part. Right. Like Ian McKay uh, today uh, is probably not as concerned about the things that he was concerned about when he wrote um, the songs back then. And looking back at it now, I mean, it was very sincere and it was very real, um, but um, it was very everything about that record, musically, or lyrically and all the uh, emotion. And it is very uh, tied to, I think, a time and place. But um, yes. it's really nice if anyone finds it to be uh, um, a timeless where they can put it on today. This is the, right. That's the best compliment i think you could ask for absolutely it absolutely is no who were you guys coming up like what bands were were impacting you guys prior to you know firing up your first bands like who are you seeing that you're like man because long island was i mean a hotbed for a lot of big bands yeah are you from around there as well no i'm from ohio Oh, wow. And you're aware of that, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. 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 Big time. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. A lot of the, the Long Island hardcore bands would go out and play in Cincinnati. I certainly did. Yeah. Um, so that that makes a lot of sense. I I, I was more so uh, in, in the hardcore scene proper compared to the other three yep. uh, uh, members of On the Might of Princes. But um, and I was seeing uh, Silent Majority and Mind Over Matter and Millhouse. And, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, those were sort of like uh, uh, clockwise and, and inside. And um, and then and then and then there was Seisha and and like uh, I'm trying to think those were sort of like some bands that a garden variety. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's another one. And then sort of the artsier side of the uh, New York city scene, which would have been like a uh, uh, bad trip. And uh, you know, who are the, uh, Oh, dime one sixteen still suit, you know, yeah. that, still those, suit. They were great. Yeah. 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 So that was kind of like, as far as like, bands locally that I was seeing mm-hmm. where I was like, I, I would like to be part of, uh, you know, this and, or, or have some notoriety that I felt these bands had at the time. Right. 
Right. Um, and then, you know, the other guys were sort of, uh, um, you know, Jason was not from Long Island originally. He, you know, he was living in the Midwest in um, Chicago at one point and, in, and then he moved to Connecticut. Um, so I think that when he was in the Midwest, he was picking up on a lot of that sort of like braid and that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's sort of how that happened. It's like he brought that uh, cap and jazz braid, uh, you know, I can't remember the other bands that were from that. Oh, uh, well, like promise ring is, is a Midwest band. Uh, um, I mean, technically you can go all the way back to peg boy. I mean, they're, they're kind of a a foundation. Yeah. He he was really into those bands. Um, but he, he also was into, um, you know, of course, all of us like Sunny Day Real Estate. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's, we're, we're not, let's not pretend that we uh, didn't uh, come from that uh, school of, of, of uh, music. So, you know, that was a given right there. And then Lou and Tom were into uh, lots of uh, bands like Helmet and Tool. And, sure. uh, and But Tom was also really into Failure and Smashing Pumpkins. But then early on, he was in to like a lot of shoegaze too. So that was also uh, where I learned about a lot of that stuff was from yeah. him, like my bloody Valentine and cocktail twins and lush. Yep. Um, and uh, Lou was also into like God flesh and, and um, Oh, okay. Like so, yeah. you know, that um, the, later on, we shared uh, a lot of like sort of uh, evolved tastes and we're always listening to like Red House Painters in the van. And uh, we were listening to a lot of um, Cursive because we were just obsessed with that Domestica record. And yeah, um, and, 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 and yeah, I mean, those are the one, those are the things that that come to mind. And so I think that we kind of uh, not deliberately, but like a lot of those things probably uh, are yeah the, the the things that make up what you hear on that record yes there's uh <laughs> it, it's funny that because when you list all of those bands coming from all those different worlds it totally makes sense <laughs> with, <laughs> with what you guys did because you have that there were so many dynamics and melody and chaos and all of that all of that completely checks out you name drop you, you dropped the name silent majority who that record life uh uh life life, like, yeah. man uh, one of the bands i was in Myself and another member, we were fucking obsessed with that. Oh, album. it's like a, it's a top it's, ten. It's a top oh, ten desert island record. Absolutely, yeah. that yeah. record is still like I man. I still listen to that thing all the time. <laughs> Me too. Um, you you got to hear the remastered if you haven't. Yet. Oh, oh well, I or I, I bought it. I'm waiting on it. So six six. Yeah, we yeah. Just well, put I, it up on Spotify yes. too. I yeah. listened to the I listened to the remaster and I'm waiting for the for the record. So hell yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, yo, absolutely, man. Um, so you. <sighs> you've had this, you've just continued to work on stuff. Like you've always found yourself in music. Was that your intent? Like, or did it just sort of happen? I know a lot of people don't necessarily set out to do this for forever. And you've just always found a way to keep working. Was that your intent? Yeah. Uh, It was my intent, uh, but I didn't necessarily have a a game plan. uh, Yeah. That was like, that was like, that, you know, I didn't have a bulletproof game plan. I mean, I don't know who does, but I I knew that I wanted to be involved with music, but I I didn't know in in what regard necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like I I did know that I wanted to play drums and, uh, and, 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 and sure it would have been great to be a full-time drummer, but I think I knew 
that that was probably an unrealistic, I didn't give myself that credit, you know, like, yeah. um, I just sort of, uh, figured that if I became a journalist or I felt, I figured that would have to be the way sure. that yep. I would end up working in music by being a journalist or someone in the background. Right. So I, I went to school for journalism, uh, with the idea that I would write for like CMJ or yep. one of those sort of monthly publications. We, and, we have a very similar life path. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. your, your, your understanding and, and words of, I'm not even trying to compliment you here. It's just uh, very accurate uh, and, and eerily accurate, like from the, uh, from the jump, because, you know, the way you described the music uh, is kind of like what I say when I tell somebody, okay, I gotcha. try to describe what I, what I am trying to get across. So it's really yeah. nice to talk to you about that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did like dabble and got a couple little uh, write-ups in some uh, magazines, but it never like made me any money, right? right so, right. Um, and I was always just like either working in a record store or or, <laughs> or doing Guitar Center. So it's like I just kind of threw myself in wherever I could to be right. around music, even if it was like, uh, you know, security checkout where you stamp the receipts or you know whatever, and. Um, I don't know where it really like congealed, but I would think that had I not ended up touring with On the Might of Princes and going through that experience of meeting record labels and other bands, right. that, like that informed the connections and uh, things that would ultimately help me uh, get. All, almost all of the other future opportunities that I ended up uh, right. getting, and 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 and. It was, it, I don't know if it was necessarily deliberate. I think, um, I think at one day I, I was like, oh shit, like I, I, I don't think I would have known this person um, that I just got an opportunity from if I didn't meet them because I played with them right. or, or booked right. a show for them. And so there's all that stuff definitely like points back to that experience. Yeah. So w uh, you mentioned something too that like, it, it, when on the might of princess was touring and actually like at you guys' peak music was also kind of in a weird place anyway. So like, what's that like touring in that landscape where like some of the bands have already started to take off from yes. that world. It's starting to like, it's starting to gain more traction. These, these underground worlds are starting to bubble back up to the surface. And what, it, what was that like touring in that environment? I mean, we definitely didn't, um, uh, it, it, I think it broke us up, you know, because we were yeah. frustrated, yeah. Yeah. um, internally and, 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 and too young to, to navigate, uh, feelings and the way that mm -hmm. you should probably address, uh, all of the things that, uh, uh, ultimately broke us up. But, um, we, we were, uh, yeah, it was weird, man. Like, I mean, the band started in 1997 and then I joined in like late 98 and right around like 2000, you know, that's when you started to see yeah. the, the record labels popping up. And we were yep. kind of part of the, the, the frenzy that took place. I, I, I want to say that um, probably, I don't know if it was before Thursday full collapse or after I, I want to say it was before Thursday full collapse because it makes sense now because victory 
was trying to get us to do something and we just completely ignored it because we didn't necessarily understand how that would be beneficial to a band like ours. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to us, we, we, we saw, you know, the bulldog and, 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 you know, strife and earth crisis and <laughs> yeah. uh, all that. And so we were like, well, what, what's that going to do for us? You know, yeah. even though we liked those bands, you know, I did, I certainly yeah. did. Um, and, uh, and then when Thursday got picked up, you know, at that point, the bands that we were, we were playing with that we didn't foresee uh, uh, becoming the next big thing were, would have been like, the, you know, Brand New was a band that mm. we played with and that I remember from before I was even in uh, On the Might of Princes from, from hanging out at shows and uh, booking shows and that, and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, Taking Back Sunday Again was a band that was uh, playing and opening up for us in Coheed and Cambria, uh, I remember twice. So, you know, once the Thursday thing happened and they were starting to blow up, which I remember very vividly because of how similar I felt like the, uh, mm -hmm. not that we sounded like each other, um, but, you know, I was, I felt a connection to what they were doing. And, yeah. and, 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 and I started to notice that, man, other bands are, are getting picked up now by victory and, right. um, and, 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 and vagrant and equal vision and all right. these labels that, you know, um, were, were at one point, you know, you're, you're, you're listening to bands on, equal vision you're not really thinking that kind of music you know i was listening to shelter and 108 and sure and stuff sure. like that and yep. so when i saw that happening i was like kind of frazzled i think because i was like shit it's our it's our opportunity right you know all these bands opened up for us we should we should capitalize off of this um but that wasn't really what my bandmates wanted to do so that caused a lot of internal struggle and uh, I don't think any of us were even on the same page, but we were also not um, mature enough to to even know how to talk about this kind of stuff. OK, so, gotcha. Know, yeah, we, we went through that and and eventually we toured, uh, you know, the last tour we did was in Europe in 2003, where we broke up and we were playing for thousands of people. But that was like one month of, 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 of the band's existence, mm -hmm. the last month of the band's existence, where we were able to f know what it did feel like to be in the shoes of some of these bands that were experiencing that. But prior to that, it was just frustration and fights and fights, yep. And fights. Yep. Yep. Uh, constant argument, <laughs> constant so, bitterness. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was, it was, it went from fun to not fun very quickly. And I don't think that, it, you know, I don't think that I was mature enough to be like, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way. And right. And right. we don't need to be rock stars. But at the time I was like, you know, shit, like, let's come on guys, let's go. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's get on this fucking train, you know? <laughs> right. Right. So, um, so with everything that's going on right now, like light tower, uh, your involvement with the rebirth of wreckage. How are you like, how are you seeing the difference in the landscape? Like you've got at a time where you can bring a record label back, that's a pretty unique environment in terms of like what we're going to like there, 10 years ago, hell five, six years ago, it may have been a, like a weird thing to think of, but right now you can pull yeah. that off. You can bring a record label back. You can put out these, these, you know, limited releases and it's, it's fucking huge. So like what, 
What's the, what, how is that? What's the difference in that for you? I, I see that, uh, mainly through my day job, because I, I, I don't know if, um, if, if, uh, Casey or Joe mentioned that to you, but my day job for the past, uh, eight years has been, uh, working as the, uh, brand partnership, uh, director for, uh, revolver magazine. And oh, okay. All right. We, we, um, we ended up, uh, getting, uh, uh, kind of lumped into a network where it's the hard times, and yep. uh, Brooklyn Vegan and a bunch of sure, other brands. Sure, so, yeah. Um, you know, I I basically like saw firsthand like uh, back in you know 2019 we were starting to see like uh, vinyl sales were kind of like jumping up a little bit and and that was interesting and I was uh, working with, I, I work with record labels I sell advertising to them mm-hmm. and I also uh, am now. Uh, curating online record stores that you can find on uh, all of the sites that I just mentioned. So yeah, you, if you go up there and you uh, notice there might be some limited edition colored vinyl of, you know, a- any band that you can think of at this yeah. point. Right? Um, we started doing that because we were like, holy shit, like the vinyl market is changing. And like, I think that it might be because, 20 every 20 years something gets recycled and becomes yeah. retro yeah. and right now we're living in like the late 90s early 2000s all over again which yes, we for you and me is is a heyday man yeah yeah we we like it right <laughs> yeah. um, i took my like, kid to see quicksand last year like you know like the fact that i can go see them and quicksand's putting music out again you know what i mean like, that's, that's incredible I yeah. mean, dude, absolutely like that's that's fucking dope like i just think it's so funny now but th- i i have to imagine that that's the reason why vinyl is a thing again because i don't know that uh anyone could have predicted that the the very thing that put everyone out of business is putting people back in business again right Right. People are making, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't talk about financials, but like, uh, I mean, we're, we're making millions of dollars off of vinyl. Oh, at, absolutely. At our, yeah. At job. It's not, it's not a couple thousand and, and that's not me bragging. Cause it's not, it's not my money. It's just, you know, I, I just, I'm an employee, but yeah, I, right, I see right. it and I'm like, Holy crap. Like, Oh yeah. There's, there's a whole giant <laughs> shelf back <laughs> here. Just full of records. Like I, I, you know, I, I've, I've been, but we're of that generation of guys of like punk and hardcore guys that were, everything was still coming out on seven inches and 12 inches. And you, right. would, you know, some stuff like, Oh, this band's only like, I'm a huge, cause I'm from Ohio. I'm a huge fan of the new bomb Turks. And like, I, I've, I've been collecting their shit forever. Like I, it, I, there's only like one or two things I haven't been able to get my hands on yet. And some of that shit is just only on a seven inch that got put out by some label in 1994. Right. Doesn't fucking exist in it. Like, you know, so it, it, it was ripe for it. And I think there's a huge collector's market. Like that's a big thing. All right about now. collectors. It's yeah, not, yeah. it's not just vinyl. It's about exclusivity and knowing that yes. the t-shirt or the hat or the poster or whatever it is, is like something that there's only 300 of those or there's right. 500 of right. them. And it becomes, uh, uh, it, be, it becomes a bunch of stuff. It becomes not only um, something that you can wear or, 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 or listen to, but it becomes bragging rights or a flex. Yes. Uh, you know, becomes an Instagram post or something hanging on your wall when someone walks in and they go, Oh my God, is that the first pressing of agnostic front victim in pain? Like right. you got that and it's got like a $400 tag on it or something. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's I, our, it's our flex, you know, yes. 
<laughs> my my brother and I, like, I'll see Rev posts like, oh, we got a bunch of, you know, we found a box of SST releases. And I'll text my brother and be like, look, they've got, you know, they've just put up some descendants and black flag and that, you know, like if you're trying to fill some stuff in. Yeah, but, yeah. Know, it it's it is. It, oh, it is. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 the thing that I mean, my wife is so used to it, but like, you know, I'll come home from work and she'll be like, there's a record out there for you. I'm like, oh. That's right. There's more it's, coming it's, in at all times. Something for for you and many others like us to look forward to when you get home. It's like, oh man, when when every when all the kids go to bed, I'm putting this record on and grabbing a brew or something. You know? Oh yeah, man, absolutely. I'm listening to this. <laughs> the uh, with with the rebirth of wreckage, like what spurred that on? It's exactly what you were just talking about, kind of two things you were talking about, which is the vi- the rise of vinyl sure. le- led me to um, go on Discogs one day. Um, ah. <laughs> and, and I looked up, because that's how we kind of determine what is worth uh, having a conversation about a repress, right? So we'll yep, maybe sure. we're talking to Rev and we're like, hey, well, you know, we want to, we would love to carry a repress of this, you know, um, yeah. or, 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 or whatever. So I noticed that the solemn majority life of spectator, I believe came out once and only once. And, and it, it's been off the market for yep. over um, 20, almost 25 years Yeah, you know, since it came out, it just turned, it's, it turned 25 this year. So I, uh, I saw, and they were like $125, $147. That's how much it costs to buy one of those records now. <sighs> Crazy. Um, so I'm like sitting there and then I went through the rest of the, uh, not the entire wreckage discography, but I went through it and that was the highest, uh, priced album. And, and, and it was a mixture of that and me seeing an opportunity. Yeah, um, sure. But also I watched how discord and revelation and, uh, some other labels during the pandemic were sort of, uh, preserving the legacies of like, their scenes. And I just felt like, um, that Long Island did such a poor job of, 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 Mm. of keeping some kind of, uh, brand recognition. And, and it, you know, it's like, there was no, there is a documentary that's been in the works for a long time that I hope sees the light of day, but there is no books. There's no documentaries. There's no, there's not even like a, uh, there's nothing, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you had to be there or had heard about it because you were around back then. The Long Island hardcore scene never really got proper, proper documentation um, yeah. in the same way that, uh, you know, Boston had, had a, a lot of different platforms for bands like Cave In and, and Pieballs and Converge and and, and Bain and uh, so forth. And, um, you know, and, and the list goes on, you know, if you were to talk about the Buffalo hardcore scene or the Syracuse oh, sure. hardcore scene, yep. I mean, everyone, everyone has something that, you know, if you say, um, you know, the big takeover or, uh, you know, you usually, you know, you remember Earth Crisis and Strife and Snapcase, right? And that yep. whole thing. But uh, these bands... Sound Majority, Millhouse, and um, Mind Over Matter, et cetera, Neglect, um, yep. uh, Trip Face. You know, these are bands that played shows with all of these bands. Yes, um, they did. <laughs> every single one of them. Uh, some of them were opening for, for these bands when they came to Long Island. So yeah. um, I found it to be such a shame. And, and when I kind of connected the dots and said, well, if people are buying Salt Majority records for $125 or 
or, or, or this is even warranted to, to be listed as such. And, 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 and vinyl is back and people are loving this nostalgia, then this is a perfect time for us to relaunch. So I called up Artie from, um, Mind Over Matter and Eretype 11 who owns St. Artie. Rider. Yeah. Artie's uh, been on the show. He's the best. He's my, he's the, uh, he he's, he's the, the man. man. Yes. I, I, he is, he's, he was my inspiration later on became my bandmate and then later on became a cranky old man that I <laughs> love to mess with. Um, sorry, Artie, but it's true. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, he, he was, uh, uh, the first person I thought of because he was on the label and he knew yeah. Pavlos and Amber, the original owners. So we, we reached out and long story, Amber was uh, not in the picture anymore. And Pavlos was uh, uh, not planning on doing any kind of relaunch. So when he, uh, you know, found our um, uh, intentions to be genuine and, um, and, and, and all that, he was more than happy to let us sort of pick up where he had left That's off. Cool. And so we started with Life of Spectator and, uh, you know, moving down the line, I think uh, the next ones up will be Mind Over Matter, uh, Auto Manipulation and Security. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> that, I was going to ask you if Mind Over Matter was going to be on the docket. Oh, absolutely. And then Millhouse, Obscenity and Milk would be uh, a part of that, like sure. sort of like those two. And, uh, we have other things in mind that we're navigating, but, uh, we're printing t-shirts of old bands that, uh, from back then that you probably would have to bootleg at this point. So we thought, yes. why not bring back, uh, motive and, and yeah. bad yeah. trip and, and, and things like that, you know, is, you know, I fucked up. I didn't buy any of the silent majority merch drops. I got the record and I didn't buy any of the shirts and I, fu- I, I'm so mad about it. I'm going to bring it back. I promise. I promise. We'll bring it back. I, all right. I'm trusting you on that one. <laughs> there was a couple of them that I'm like, I fucked up. I should have bought those. Dude, it's so funny because I didn't even have any because I was so focused on marketing and promoting it. And I went and saw Ian McKay speak at an event and um, somebody that was working the event was wearing a silent majority <laughs> hoodie. Yeah. And I'm like, motherfucker. I, I don't even so have one. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even have one, man. <laughs> um, the the uh, so you've been you've been this guy that has been the drummer, you know, for for you know, and it's not to that's not to, in no way is that meant as an insult. You are no. known. You're one of the guys that is like a, a drummer within our world that is considered like that's one of the fucking stable dudes behind a kit. <laughs> you're out front with Light Tower. Yeah, yeah. So how did how do you go from fuck it, it's my turn, or from drums to <laughs> fuck it, it's my turn? It's, it's gonna be my it's gonna be my voice on in the front of this. How did you uh, how did you transition to that? I was gonna make a joke, be like, I have feelings too, man. I have a, I more drummers, to man. <laughs> Let me say something too. I, uh, I I I definitely like wrote songs throughout my life, but I never was uh, in a band where that was necessarily like. Uh, um, I don't want to say that it wasn't allowed, but it wasn't allowed. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know um, what you mean. <laughs> yeah, like no one, no, no one, no one in any band that I was ever in was going to uh, uh, allow me to kind of step on their toes. Um, and <laughs> and so, so I felt like if I was going to do it, I would just have to do it. Um, you know, while I'm still able to, you know do what we do, you know, we're, 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 we're about the same age. Right. So like, yeah. I mean, yeah. what am I waiting for? Am I going to start doing it? Well, I couldn't start doing it when I'm 50. There's nothing wrong with that, but yeah. 
um, you know, it just felt like the time was ticking and I'm like, I'm not going to wait anymore. I, I need to like exercise this thing. And if no one likes it, then at least I, you know, can say that I tried. So right. that was, uh, and the pandemic. So the pandemic, probably if it wasn't for the pandemic wreckage wouldn't have happened and light tower wouldn't have happened because I had so much time mm-hmm. in my house. I was right. single for most of that time. And my partner just moved in, but I was basically sitting in my house by myself for like yeah. two years, you know, so it pushed me. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. Uh, the, the stuff I've heard thus far, the stuff that's available to hear. Um, and I, obviously there's more to come, but um, it has, it has a, like, there's definitely, and I hope you take this as a compliment. Yeah, sure, it yeah. sounds like it came from our generation, <laughs> but it also has this layer over it of this, what what is new, these newer bands that have kind of a shoegaze feel. Yeah. But it's yeah. not quite like it has just enough of a hook and a real solid defined melody that I wouldn't outright call it that. So like it, you know, and it's of course just really good fucking rock songs. But, <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, you're welcome. I I love them. Um, but that that's kind of the vibe I I get is like it's these they're these like fully realized mature rock songs, and I'm wondering like is the, is that the vibe you were after or was there no like these are just I'm just gonna start fucking around and see what happens sort of songs. It was, it started out as, uh, as, as I'm going to start fucking around and see right. what comes out. But I definitely, um, knew that I was going to write songs that were in a pop, uh, sort of like pop formula of, right. uh, you know, I wasn't going to go and try to, you know, make an, uh, a, a prog rock record or, 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 or get too adventurous because I, I felt like, you know, fundamentally I could do a verse chorus, verse chorus kind of sure. uh, vibe, you know? Um, but, uh, and thank you for all those really nice things that you just said. It's really, it really means a lot to me because uh, it's songs that I wrote by myself, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. They're very yeah. personal to you at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that um, I, 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 like I said earlier, I, I can't really do anything that doesn't end up sounding like a nineties. Right. Which is just sort of like, always. <laughs> we all are like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, what all, you know, I, I, if I tried to write a prog rock record, it still would sound like, you know, like, like, like have quicksand in there. Or right. Something. Right. <laughs> there's a, there's um, a jaw box vibe regardless. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I basically uh, just wrote a bunch of stuff and it was a lot of like, uh, trial and error and, you know, garage band and like also trying to, uh, um, find things that, uh, I didn't think were going to be dated. And, and, and so your comment about like how having a contemporary sound, I wouldn't say like I was trying to necessarily be modern, but I think because I was being, um, I was, I was discovering a lot of new music during yes. the pandemic. Same so, here. Yep. you know, again, you really did pick up on, on, on the vibe, you know, I, I'd hate to, uh, you know, mention like specific things because I don't want to like pigeonhole myself, but it was probably a mixture of my partner, um, you know, who I started dating during the pandemic and is really into like swerve driver and playing that in the house all the time. They kind of staples like ride and swerve driver and, and, um, slow dive. So like I had that going on, but then I had a ton of, other shit that was like modern shoegaze sort of yes. stuff 
constantly playing in the house yep. and it just entered my, um, it just like made its way. I'd be, I'd, I'd be writing a song that might've sounded like a quicksand song or a, or a Nirvana song or whatever. And then inherently like that stuff that I was listening to yeah. made its way into the leads. And so that's where I think that kind of came from. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. And our, like you're listing bands that like, are still I constantly am listening to and and I like the new stuff too. I I'm the same way. Like I'm I'm a huge fan of bands like nothing. Yeah. And yeah. uh and I love like and even the stuff that's more like pop laden like I would I would label a band like Teenage Wrist kind of in that yeah. category or it like this I see these bands that are definitely like uh you know like like Teenage Wrist or a band like Soul Blind that are definitely tuned Great into band. that. Great yeah. band. And like they're definitely dialed into that stuff, but it's still distinctly now. Like it yeah. doesn't like you can hear like, yeah, okay. I get the nineties shit that you're listening to, but like, it is very distinctly modern sounding. And yeah. I think that's, that is the same vibe I'm getting from light tower. Like I'm, I, I put the tracks that are on like on Spotify. I put them all, I put them in this playlist with like, was soul blind and heavenward and this <laughs> stuff. Cause I like to listen to that stuff while I'm working and it fits right into this, like that vibe for me. So that light tower fits right into where I'm at musically right now. So, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love but, it. You know, there was a time where I think that, you know, some people would always try to uh, um, shy away from the, the obvious things that they didn't want people to think they were influenced by. But at this point, I'm kind of like unapologetically, uh, um, you know, able yep. to acknowledge that. Yeah. I listen to helmet still and, yep. and, <laughs> And, 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 you know, it never stopped. And so, you know, why, 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 why would I try to pretend that that's not uh, something that I'm still trying to kind of uh, emulate when I write my music, you know, it's, right. it's, you know, it's good music. And, 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 and another band too, that people might laugh at that I really love is uh, Oasis. And it's my favorite thing to Man. Fuck yeah. yes. Oasis are, I fucking love Oasis. So Such an easy, it, to me, like, of course, you know, the Beatles are the Beatles, but like listening to Oasis, you, I, I personally learned so much uh, because you, it's easy to sing along to. It's easy to remember their words. Uh, the, uh, the melodies are within reach. You don't Absolutely. feel like you have to be a virtuoso to sing any Oasis song. Good. Right. Right. Um, you know, and uh, and so I, that was something that I had been listening to a lot, um, you know, to tie back Artie Shepard into that. Like he is the reason why Oasis made it into my life, because I liked some of their hit songs when I was in high school. And I even covered a few in some high school bands, but Artie sure. loves Oasis so much and he would play it all the time and be singing along to it wasted, you know, like wasted sing along vibe, you know? Yeah. And at some point I just could not, it, it just like something hit me and I, you know, it's one of those bands like, you know, we've all listened to the Smiths and, you know, old U2. And, and I think it kind of serves that. Yes, it does. Thing where yes. Like I don't need to listen to the Smiths right now because I, I overdid that. So like Oasis kind of fills that weird, gap now for me <laughs> now for you so over time this thing has happened to me so i'm going to ask you first uh are you a noel or a liam guy i like liam's voice better and i so like I. liam's what's that 
I'm a Liam. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that his solo work, even the, like I, I, yeah, like of course we have to admit that, like, look, he's not the guy that wrote. Any no, of no, his um, brother did. Absolutely. But his, yeah. but his voice is just better, and and whoever is writing his solo material is killing it because his solo record. I'm, I'm going to listen to that when we're done now because I. It's real good, it. man. It's, it's a really, really good record. I, I saw him live, and it was phenomenal. I. So, uh, and here's, here's where I, this is the line I draw, or this is the example I always use. Cause I have this conversation with friends and they're like, no, it's fucking Noel. Listen to sad song and then listen to Liam's version of sad song. Oh, I got to do that. Okay. So you listen to the one that Noel does yeah, and then go and listen to the, the vocal with Liam. Yeah. And you'll ne- like to me, I'm like, there's it's, it's a fucking open and shut case. It's yeah, yeah. Liam's yeah, yeah. the guy. Yeah. I, I mean, he we like Noel is they're both incredible. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But 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 I just his voice is is just like undoubtedly the winner there for me. For sure. And the the funny thing too about that is like for me, for Oasis, for me, like because you and I are the same age, I like I had to hide some of my fandom because I was like around hardcore and punk rock guys that were like, fuck Oasis. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, damn it. I fucking love it. <laughs> like those, those first couple records. I was like, Jesus Christ, they're so good. But like, it's not, oh it wasn't strife, yeah. you know? <laughs> so. Well, I did that too. And it was so dumb. I mean, when I, when Oh, I, absolutely stupid. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I got into like that sort of era of hardcore, um, it was like, I, I suddenly like denounced all the stuff. Everything. Yeah, 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 and, and 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 that's the greatest thing about being older is embracing all of it. Like, like you can listen to you know Gamora season ends by Earth Crisis and then put on an Oasis record. Yeah, fucking Susie and the Banshees, and it's like cool, you know. Dude, I, okay. I, I I like and it, it, what always bothered me was like, wait a minute, like no one busts your balls for liking like I loved My Bloody Valentine, I loved Joy, Joy Division is one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah, uh, the Lemonheads. Dinosaur yeah. Jr. Like no one's busting your balls for that, but Oasis. I, like, and, and I still was... get that. So some people that don't get it still will bring that up. But like, yeah, I mean, the documentary, uh, which I am sure you've seen, it's yep. like yep. I I found them to be like so punk, um, but <laughs> yes. like you know, punk just as punk as the Sex Pistols. Fuck yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't put on. You know, like they were just yeah, yeah, like it, there wasn't somebody they weren't being dressed up by a, you know, yeah. a, a mastermind. These were just these fucking weird dudes that exactly they're weird dudes. They're confrontational. And it's like, I get the whole, like, these guys are pieces of shit, like, <laughs> argument, but like, you know, I mean, early punk rock was nihilistic. And so like, yes, you know, that was the whole point, you know, yeah. so, you know, if you don't I, like it, then whatever, then and it then is very, gen, it, it is very gen X of us to like, be like, you know, like, well, that's just how it was. But literally like, I don't view things the same way now that I did 20 years ago. My view has completely no. changed. I don't say things now that I would have said 20 years ago as a fucking idiot young person. Like you just, you, you grow out of certain things, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's one thing I, I just wanted to add to that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like what makes them even cooler is like, what band do you know? that like behaves the way they do like where like they'll they'll have they'll have a ballad but they'll still fucking like fight you you know yeah if, if you fuck with them you know, like i i i think that 
that's like such an interesting, I don't know. I'm, I'm enamored by the whole Oasis thing, but I also so understand I, people that, that think it's stupid. I, I get that too, but I, 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 I drank the Kool-Aid. I was like, I was all in. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I, same way. Like I, I am, uh, I, it's one of those things where like in my head, I was always like, I, I always wanted to do a, a, be in a band that did shit like that. Like it's been that, <laughs> that thing for me of like, I've always wanted to just like, where I don't have to put a lot of effort into singing. You know, they're just like, these are just pop melodies. These are easy hooks. And yeah. I'm not stressing myself out in one direction or another. But there's only one, like, any any attempt to sound like that just sounds like, you know, a shitty version of Oasis. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's hard to, uh, It's I mean, like, I know some of the guys in Nothing, and they definitely, like, pull it off in, in their own way. And I'm not trying to say that. Agreed, be- yeah. I don't want them to hear this and 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 and, and, and <laughs> take it the wrong way, but like, but like, I guess like just like having an added like writing beautiful music with an attitude is is a is a cool yeah uh, thing. I think I mean uh, you know, Jason from On the Might of Princes was like that. He was he was very uh, uh, confrontational and and yeah. But but he had we had songs with uh, with acoustic guitars and banjos. Uh, yep. and, you yep. know, and next song he'd be screaming. But um, I, I think that's sort of like that unpredictability and that um, sort of authentic uh, sort of like uh, anger that sort of lay, lies within uh, even a band that writes beautiful melodies and pretty songs is, 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 is sometimes intriguing, you know? Yes. Yeah. I, you know, it funny you mentioned that. Uh, I mean, uh, you, we've, we've mentioned Artie on here on more than one occasion. Yeah. Artie yeah. had, had kind of that rock and roll reputation of like, yeah. you know, the, he had, has, has a wild, you know, reputation um, and wrote incredible fucking hooks. Like yeah, you he can't, have, no, like, yeah. man, those era type 11, everything after that instruction, God fires, man, there's some good fucking solid hooks. And absolutely. I mean, that's a whole story that like, you know, if you've haven't had him on the show yet, he, he can get it. Oh, he's been on. We had a good time. Yeah. Oh, good. So, you yeah. know, I mean, like, you know, he's, you know, there were a lot of labels that wanted to sign uh, Era Type 11 and eventually he got uh, signed with, uh, you know, and he, I mean, he was signed, but I mean, I'm talking about like major labels, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Artie, I think to his own detriment was uh, always, uh, you know, very much what we, you know, what you described, he was very rock and roll. And uh, in, in, in hindsight, I, I, you know, that should have been he should have had a platform where he could have done that, but uh, a lot of people were playing it safe. I think they were. I think that people were afraid. From what I've been able to gather, because I've spoken to people um, yeah. at, at labels that still are around today, and I was always curious, and 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 there was a lot of interest. But he was confrontational, and and yeah. and, and I think people <laughs> saw that as a liability. But hey, sure. he he he. Not many people could say that they were on Geffen and recorded at Sound City with right. Bob Ezrin and fucking. So, so Artie already put his, his stamp, you know, he, yes. put, he definitely made a dent, you know? Yes. And, and that's, you know, that speaks to like how the record industry dealt with our part of the world. Right. So like they, they liked the idea of it, but ultimately they were kind of scared of all of it too. Like it, it there was they, as much as they were, they, and they were, they were monetizing yeah. it and, and, you know, with, fucking at the drive-in signed to a major yeah. you know like yeah, yeah. It, it and it was like yeah you're dipping your toe in but you'd ultimately you really don't want this like you, you right right they, want- they, had, they i think that like rock and roll had its heyday at that point where like you know 
not that Nirvana was the last band to, to do this, but like, you know, at, at the point that like green day and blink One Eighty Two and then yeah. uh, so forth, where, you know, you start to lose the, the, um, the confrontational element of the rock and roll attitude at that point right. where it's like, you know, now you, you, you get to like, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of post, uh, you know, the post newfound glory type bands. And it's like, yep. there is no attitude at all here. This right. Is right. Thing as you could possibly get. And like, you know, that's, that's an art in itself and shit. Like those people are probably making way more money than I'll ever make, you know, but you know, I, I like that down and dirty rock and roll, you know, I like that. <laughs> Same I, way, you know. man. <laughs> yeah. Trail of dead had that for a little bit too. I thought, yeah, they did. Know. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember seeing them like that they had signed to a major and I was like, fucking really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck with it, I guess. But I mean, I, it's so funny. I don't have that in me as a, I do have it in me. Like, I think just in, in, in as a human being, but like as a front person, like, and maybe it's cause I'm new, but I can't imagine having the, 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 the courage to go up on stage and have a microphone and start like, just like going off, you know, I just, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, but I look up to people that can do that. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I, 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 in all the years, I mean, I've been, I've been playing in bands off and on since I was 15. Yeah. I don't think at any point, like I said some dumb shit on stage just to be (laughs) like, you know, like you're like, you're up there and you're like, wait, I've got control of this, but I, I'm the same way. Like, I can't imagine being like, fuck you. (laughs) Like, I I wish I could, you know, right. I'm not wired that way. I'm not, I, I think that's why we're enamored with that. You know, it's, it's the Axl Rose, Sebastian Bach thing. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like, yeah. The first time I, and that's probably, that's, that's a great, like bringing us back. Oh yeah. Yeah, Sure. Because that's probably why I appreciate that because when I saw Guns N' Roses and Skid Row together, by the way, and you saw the same tour I did, that was, yes, like fucking like the, that, those were that it seemed normal that the front person was going to be kind of an erratic uh, mess. Like, you know, I, I wasn't like, Oh my God, that's crazy. Why did he dive into the audience and beat up that person that was taking a picture of them? Like, I was just like, oh crap, that's crazy. Like that, like that's like not crazy, but you know what I'm saying? Like it was expected. Yes, um, it, it was gonna yeah. happen. Like it was just assumed that that's what those guys would do. I yeah, I mean, it, I mean it's stupid. It's like who cares? Like, <laughs> like half of the half of these incidents were were moronic when you go back and and think about it. Like, why, 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 why spend all that time and energy? But but that was normal. And so yeah. my brain was wired to to be like, oh, front person, like they're they're gonna be. <laughs> This is how they're going to behave. They're going to be a madman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to bring it back. One of these young bands needs to bring it back. Right. And, <laughs> it, and you know, you mentioned too, like, like post newfound glory. Uh, and because, you know, with those guys, for example, like those were hardcore kids. Sure. <laughs> you know, they like, were, they were. and, uh, and they just, you know, they figured out how to write good pop hooks and, and like, I did this thing where like, I was around when they took off. So I was like, yeah, yeah these guys same. are cool. And then just, it goes away. Cause then you're like, uh, I'm too cool for that. Cause you know, whatever. And now I come back and I'm like, those guys fucking good for them. I agree. I mean, as much as I uh, had no interest in listening to those bands, like sure. yeah. they were absolutely legitimate and yeah. work hard and, 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 and I'm sure uh, they're all good people and all that, yep. you know, I, 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 I think that if I was in their shoes, I'd probably end up doing the same thing. And so, you know, Absolutely. it's easier to sit there and kind of talk smack, but I do love my, you know, 
I, I love I love I love my fucking dead guys and my fucking millhouses and my born against and my yep, I'm like, with you kind of yeah. like like fl- the 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 bands flipping the bird but you know that's that's not meant for the arena you know no no absolutely <laughs> like I said in all honesty my favorite band of all time is the New Bomb Turks who are yeah. a, a one who are one of the gnarliest most rock and roll fucking punk rock bands on the planet and they still to this day like uh the last time i saw them which was right before the pandemic started up to their same bullshit you know like up there eric is up there like (laughs) you know still antagonizing crowds and you know stealing people's fucking hats off their heads and throwing them like i like i love that i love that that's still in them and as much but i can now that i'm older can look at these bands and go yeah uh, good for you good for you for getting your fucking bag because yeah it, it you have a finite amount of time to do that the upside is like you're doing with light tower circle back around and just make it however you want to fucking make it exactly i mean like i'm not trying to be you know some righteous i just like uh have an urge to uh yes. play something that i can uh, uh, architect because you know i'm i'm I, I, it's like when i play in other people's bands i know i'm in their band you know i i make right. no mistake of that like i am uh as the drummer of spotlights i'm in mario and sarah's band yes you know? yeah that's then that's okay they're married right they're they're married yeah. yeah yeah um and 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 as i got older i kind of like realized like you know you know, all those arguments that you would get into with bandmates over the years of like whose part was better and like how many times it should happen. It's like, it's almost like, you know, you, you know, Billy Corgan, uh, w- you know, it sounds so lame, but like he, w- those were his songs. Yeah, you know, they were. Uh, those Nirvana songs were Kurt songs. They were not Chris Novoselic songs. They weren't Dave songs. They weren't, Ch- those were Kurt songs. Yes. And so when you are, uh, I think, they were lucky enough at a young age to recognize that when they signed up for that, that that's yeah. what they signed up for. And I think um, now it's easy to sort of like uh, respect that. And it's just like, you know, I'm in your band. I heard it before I was in it and it was great. So I'm, I'm going right. to kind of like go along with this. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's not my place to come in and, and muddy this up, you know, like you do your, you tell me what you want to do and I'll be there and we'll do it together. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> you, you made a good point too. I, had this conversation with Joe, actually, Joe yeah. Grillo, um, about the fact that, like, we talked about being jawbox over jawbreaker guys. <laughs> Doesn't take anything away from jawbreaker, fucking yeah. amazing band. But he made a great point. He said, he said, it's because you've played in bands and you appreciate that songwriting. And he said, and he made the point that if you take Blake out, do you give yeah. a shit about jawbreaker? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Not really. No, I don't. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I mean, because there's all there are that doesn't always apply to the situation. What I said, like, no. like Fugazi yeah. is is a collaborative band. Great, great where, example. Where yeah. we do care about the bass player and we do care about the drummer, etc. Mm-hmm. But um, but some bands, you know, um, some bands are very cut and dry, and 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 that's fine and it's cool. Like you're like you're 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 not uh um you're not, you're, there's all these memes that I think are so funny on hard times. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> uh, memes where like the drummer thinks that they're, I was, I was in, I was in a meme last week actually, where it's a picture of me putting a, a blanket into a bass drum. And it's like, I saw that one. You saw that one. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, a drummer putting old dirty blanket into a bass drum, uh, revolutionizes, uh, sound of album for years to come. And it's like, you know, that kind of nonsense is what, what, um, ruins, 
you know, not ruins, but like can, can, can prevent you from, 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 from doing something special. If you take it too seriously, it's like, bro, like, okay. You know, just, 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 yep. Play the song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, play the song. Yes. No, no, yeah. No, no, yeah. like, like, yeah. Like a, ba- a good bass tone is a bass tone. Uh, you know, a, you know, there, you can't take away from, from that, but, but at a certain point there, it becomes almost uh, uh, ridiculous where it's like, dude, just fucking play the damn song, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we wrap up here, Tell, I want you to tell everybody about, uh, tell everybody about, tell them where, where they can find light tower, uh, where they can find you online and where they can find wreckage online, because I want to make sure that they leave here with that. And I'll include it in the bio too. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. yeah. And thank you, uh, by the way, for doing this. I really love of course, that, man. Uh, that we got to talk. Cause, uh, I feel a uh, great, uh, uh, sort of kinship with you. So, um, uh, light tower is on Instagram at light tower music. And then, uh, I'm involved in, uh, so many things. So if you follow me on Instagram at Chris Enriquez drums, um, I pretty much will post like everything going on there, which is kind of like my hub. Cause I, I, I also played in burn recently and I was, uh, you know, playing in, God, um, shit. I forgot to mention that. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, but it's, but like, I just, I I'm involved in so many things. So it's like kind of a great, uh, like central location for anyone that cares, you know, I, I, you know, at one point, uh, you know, I, I, I might launch another record label or do, uh, you know, we work with another media outlet. So I just like to yeah. keep everything contained there, but, um, and then wreckage, uh, you know, if you go on our Instagram, which is W R E C K underscore, uh, age. So it's, uh, sorry, it's rec underscore yep. age underscore records and uh there's a link tree on there uh yep. and that will take you to uh the place that you can buy all of the uh, merchandise and um yeah uh aside from that you know uh light tower you know it's a digital release on iodine but i'm working on some new stuff so that we can uh get a full length out and i'm working on a new spotlights record that'll be out on ipecac next year awesome. and um and uh, on the might of princes has some reissues coming out as well, and so that'll Very be cool. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, um, Sergio Vega and I just started playing together and, and from Quicksand, yeah, um, after his departure from Deftones, and we're doing a, a songwriting uh, collaboration where we're kind of writing and producing artists and our first track is with Keith Buckley from every time I die. So, um, you know, that's, it's still early, but that, that's something that we're going to be putting Damn. out. At some point. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm grinding, man. I'm, I'm grinding. That's awesome, dude. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. I'm glad you are. And I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> my son just got home. Uh, I, uh, I, I love everything you've got going on. I'm, I am rooting for you. I'm so stoked about, light tower and wreckage and, and hearing you say that you're working with Sergio. Holy shit. I'm excited about that. Um, and anytime, any, when you got stuff to promote, we'll circle back around and get you back on here to plug it. Cause this is, uh, I would, I could talk to you all day. Um, Thank you. I, what we'll do here is I'm going to end this recording and then I want to say a proper goodbody and not on here that they don't get, they don't get <laughs> okay. uh, Chris, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, everybody, make sure you check out, uh, after you listen to this, go check out the, the, the Light Tower track streaming everywhere right now. And we will talk to you guys next week. Why did we ever meet? Tell it to my friends.
face no more.